Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Going shopping at my parents' house Cause I need some stuff from my parents' house Gonna take it home to my house Cause I need this stuff at my house It's not stealing when you're at your parents' house They want the best for you at your parents' house Taking this stuff back to my house To improve things back at my house Shopping here is free at my parents' house They don't need all this stuff at their house Now we've made it back to my house Time to spruce things up at my house Shout out to my parents and their house For letting me shop around at their house Hello everyone, my name's Clint Schwartz, I'm the lead pastor here. Christopher, you're a TikTok fan, I can tell, right? You just spend hours just watching those TikTok parody videos. Um, anyone seen that video before? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple, a couple younger individuals raised their hands, I'll, I'll say. It's kind of a parody video, but my, my son Michael had sent me uh, that video not too long ago. And we just kind of laughed about it because he calls our house the Schwartz Mercantile, all right? <laughs> and so our boys, our boys will come over and just kind of make themselves at home. Uh, if we have dinner, of course, Rose packs up everything that I would eat for lunch that week and just takes it, <laughs> sends it home with them. But they can go down into our basement where my wife is a gardener. And so we have a lot of canned goods, canned green beans and tomato sauce and salsa and even canned venison. I'm a hunter, so we'll have some canned meat too. And they just kind of fill up on that and just take it home. And it's actually okay. You know, we are like, it's, it's okay to do that because they're our sons. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's okay. Guys, come on over. You can take a little mini golfing, you know, or a shopping cart and <laughs> fill it up. That's, that's fine. It's, it's okay. Um, but if you guys try to do that, I'll, I'll get you arrested. I mean, that's, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. No, you can't. And, and my kids, they can't go to your house and do the same thing, right? See, there are certain rights and privileges that are reserved only for sons and daughters. It's true, right? If you're a parent, you kind of know that. Uh, but it's, it doesn't actually go away the older you get. I'm 53 years old. This week, I called my parents and said, hey, I'm coming over on Saturday. They're like, okay. I'm bringing my trailer up because I need to get that fixed. It's a kind of a um, cargo trailer kind of thing, utility trailer, and it needs to get some welding done on it. And my dad's like, okay, I'll take it in next week. I know you're busy, son, so I'll get it all taken care of for you. I'm like, all right. So I, I went over there uh, yesterday afternoon. And the Michigan game was on. My dad let me sit in the recliner, the coveted recliner. And, and I sat in the coveted recliner, kicked it back, watched the Michigan game, took a little nap. My mom comes down and says, oh, you must be hungry. <laughs> yes. 
I'm always hungry. So I got in the cup that we've had for 50 years, I'm pretty sure, Kool-Aid. All right, there's like, I think my mom still thinks I'm 12 years old, you know? So had some Kool-Aid. We had some taco pizza. Oh, it's so nice. Because I can do that because, right, there are certain rights and privileges that are reserved only for those who are sons and daughters. It's true, right? We know this. Uh, Here's a few quotes about parenting and this unique relationship between a parent and their child. Robert Brault, an author, said, A parent's love is whole no matter how many times divided. And this one was interesting because I related to it. My oldest son is Michael. And when Anna was being born, my second, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough love inside of me for another child. I mean, I just, I remember thinking that. But as soon as she was born, there was, you know, unlimited love for both of them. And then when Rose and I got married and I adopted her three, I was like, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you can... You can divide your love as a parent to multiple children, and it still stays whole. It's just a unique, a unique, unique thing. Uh, here's another one. A mother is a person who, seeing there are only four pieces of pie for five people, promptly announces she never did care for pie. It's just one of those things that, that moms do. Like they're, they're sacrificial when it comes to their children. And then this last one, the most beautiful thing in the world is to see your children smiling and knowing that you're the reason behind their smile. See, there's a unique relationship between a child and their parent. And and that, that relationship, that love that children have from their parents is really important in their upbringing. It really is. It, it positions them, prepares them for adulthood. But there is a tragedy in our world today is that there are so many children who are growing up without that kind of relationship. Either they didn't know their parents uh, they, um, or they, they didn't have that kind of relationship with their parents. And it affects them. It actually affects them. It's called having an orphan mentality, an orphan mentality. Psychotherapist Brian Collinson says this about it. To live as an orphan is to feel completely alone in the world, to feel that the world is not dependable or safe, and in particular, that there are few or no bonds with other people that can be depended on at, a deep, at any deep level. The true orphan is one prevented from forming and relying on the bonds to parents and family that are so crucial in early life. To be an orphan is to experience radical aloneness. So this is a sad situation in life. And when people grow up without a parent or without that kind of relationship, it dramatically affects them. And then there are these characteristics of an orphan that they have to overcome in their adulthood. So let's talk about this and how it relates to our relationship with God. So there are people, and I'm convinced of this, many of us today who are growing up in the kingdom of God with an orphan mentality when it comes to God our Father. There are many of us. And, 
And I didn't think I was one of them, but I, I went to a conference several years ago now. It's called the More Love, More Power Conference down at the Urbana Vineyard. And it was a morning session, and uh, I was tired, let's be honest. I wasn't paying attention. I might have been on my phone, might not have been, I don't know. Um, this guy came up to speak. I'd never heard of him. His name is Leif Hetland. And uh, he wrote a book called, called Terrain. And by the way, that's a fantastic book if you want to uh, pick up a pretty deep theological book, but it's really good. But he had three chairs on the stage, okay? So the first chair over here was a son or a daughter. It represented a son or a daughter. The second one here was an orphan in the kingdom of God. And the third one was someone who was lost and not in the kingdom of God. And so he was talking about the differences in mentality, again, we're kind of talking about mindsets in this series, between someone who is lost, somebody who's living as an orphan in the kingdom, and those who live as children of God and uh, sons or daughters. And so when he would describe the orphan mentality when it came to God, um, I could relate a little bit. And then he would move over here and talk about the mindset of a son or a daughter in the kingdom of God, and I would begin to cry. And he would come back over here, and he would say something, and then he would go back over here and talk about his son or daughter, and I just began to weep. And it was in that moment that I realized I relate more to the orphan mentality in the kingdom of God than I did a son or a daughter. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing I'm not the only one here today that might struggle with that. And it shouldn't be because... As children of God, we are no longer orphans, right? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been adopted into the family of God. Here's a few scriptures. It says, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Galatians 3, 26 says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God. Through faith. And John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the rights to become children of God. So many of us know this. We, we've been in the church long enough. We've been following Jesus long enough that we know we're children of God. But yet we can know it, but still live as orphans. And so today we're going to compare and contrast a little bit the difference between having an orphan mentality and having a, a son or a daughter of God mentality. So we're continuing our message series titled Kingdom Mindsets, Training Our Thinking. And I really do believe that we can grab a hold of our thinking and change it to be more like what God intended for each of us. Our key verse is 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, which says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Guys, there are arguments and pretensions and an enemy who is fighting for our thoughts and wants us to think differently than what we should be. And we have to take action. We have to take captive our thoughts and make them be submissive to Christ. To Christ. So today we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. You can turn in your Bibles there if you would like. 
So this is a letter written by Paul, the Apostle Paul, to the church in Rome. And Paul was known as the apostle to the Gentiles. And so where the Jews were born into the Jewish faith, the Gentiles were not. The Gentiles were all adopted in. They were all adopted in. So I believe that this concept of an orphan mentality was all throughout the early church, especially with the Gentiles, because they were born outside of the church and they, they were brought into the church. And I would say that's how most of us came to know Jesus too. You know, there was a time when we were walking outside of being a son or a daughter of God, and, and then we were adopted in. And so maybe that's why we struggle a little bit, because there was a before and after. But today we're going to be focused on this scripture where Paul is talking about what it means to be a child of God. So chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So our message is titled Sonship versus Orphan. And I'm going to give us some lies that I think the enemy wants to convince us of, and then some truths associated with that, and then a couple of action steps so that we can move into this and live in this mindset of being a son or a daughter of God. But first, let me pray. Father, we come to you, and, and I know that this is an important topic to you, God. And you don't want the enemy to rob us of this mindset any longer, of being a child of God. So God, I pray that you would help me to communicate your heart. I know we only have a few minutes today, um, and there's so much that, that you want to convey. So I pray that you would make my, my words few, but that your spirit would be powerful in it. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a couple of things you can fill in on your handout. First of all, the first lie is this, that I need to perform well to earn God's love and acceptance. I need to perform well to earn God's love and acceptance. And if you think about an orphan who is, you know, you ever seen, you know, little orphan Annie and, you, you know, prospective parents come in and there's all of these orphans and, they're right. They're vying for attention. They're trying to perform well so that they can be loved and accepted by these prospective parents. So that's the lie that we believe that we need to perform well. The truth is that God's love is unconditional and free. And I don't have to earn his love. I don't have to earn his love. So orphans are performance oriented. They try to earn love, whereas sons and daughters, they don't try to earn love. They're confident in God's love for them. Orphans can't take criticism because they're afraid that they 
they won't measure up. Where sons and daughters are not afraid of criticism. They know that their performance doesn't affect God's love for them. Orphans are defensive. They believe that they can't make a mistake. Whereas sons and daughters are not defensive, they're comfortable with who they are. You see, if we believe that God's love for us is conditional, then we will always be trying to perform well to earn his love. But the truth is, is that there is nothing we can do to make God love us more. His love for us is infinite already. We can't do anything to make him love us more. Romans 8, 14 through 15 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. See, a son or a daughter isn't worried about the love of their father. Abba, Father is an intimate way of calling God our Father. God has adopted us, each of us, as a son and daughter. And his love for us is unconditional. Romans 8, 38 says this, Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So orphans will try to earn love, whereas sons and daughters will rest in the love and the security that God's love for us has. So that's the first lie. The second lie is this, is that when I mess up, I will lose God's love. Anyone felt that way before? When I mess up, I will lose God's love. So an orphan really feels that this relationship with the father, you know, this father figure, mother figure is temporary and it's, it's, it could be lost in a moment. But the truth is there's nothing I can do to lose God's love. Guys, there's nothing we could do to earn it. There's nothing we can do to lose it. So orphans are fearful of God's wrath. Sons and daughters are confident of God's love and forgiveness. Orphans see God as harsh or cruel, whereas sons and daughters see God as loving and kind. And orphans believe that fellowship with God is unstable, whereas sons and daughters see fellowship with God as constant. It's not based on my performance or my perfection. Verse 15 says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. So orphans are always afraid they're going to lose that position they have with God. Whereas sons and daughters, they know that love is secure. That love is secure. The promise that Moses gave to Joshua, I believe, can be applied to us today. 
In Deuteronomy chapter 31, it says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Guys, we don't have, as sons and daughters of God, we don't have to fear losing his love based on what we do or don't do. Now, everyone knows this voice, I'm sure, here, that when we mess up, (laughs) oh, God's mad at you, right? He doesn't love you. You've been kicked out of the kingdom. You've been kicked out of the dining hall. You can't be part of dinner with God anymore, right? We've heard those accusations before, but they're not God. God has adopted us as his sons and daughters, and that love is continuous, and it's not based on our performance. It's not based on our performance. We can trust in God's love for us. Line number three, resources are limited, so I can't share with others. You know, orphans grow up with a limited amount of things. If they're in an orphanage, you know, they have their blanket, and that's all they have, and there is no other. And so the willingness to share is not very high, right? Well, as a child of God, here's your truth. As a child of a king, my resources are unlimited. See, that's the truth. So some of the characteristics of orphans in this area, they tend to hoard possessions. They hoard their time. They hoard their positions. They hoard relationships. You can kind of see that because there's this fear that they're going to not be able, if they lose that, they're not going to get something else. Whereas sons and daughters with unlimited resources share possessions. They share their time. They share their positions. They share their relationships. Orphans wish that they had more. They're always jealous of what others might have, full of envy and greed. Sons and daughters are content with what they have. Orphans are jealous of others' success, right? They're jealous of what others have or what they accomplish, whereas sons and daughters celebrate others' success and possessions. Because if you have unlimited resources yourself, why not celebrate others? By the way, I see this all the time in the church today. You know, there's so many people with an orphan mentality. When they see a church having success, they can't celebrate it because they're like, oh, I wish we did. I wish we had that. I wish we had that many people at our worship. You know what I mean? Because they're... They're worried about what they have versus knowing we have everything that the the kingdom has to offer and we can celebrate when our brothers and sisters in Christ have success. Orphans feel unworthy to ask God for anything. (laughs) Where sons and daughters have no problem asking Abba Father for anything. I had no problem asking my dad to come over and, right? We just, we have no problem with that. Orphans are worried about tomorrow. 
sons and daughters are excited about tomorrow. Romans 8, 17 says, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Think about that. Think about that. Scripture is always true, right? So this is true. You, as a son and daughter of God, are co-heirs with Christ. Everything that Christ has access to in the kingdom, you have access to as well. I mean, he may be the elder brother. Let's get that right. But we have access to it as well. Unlimited resources. Now let's listen to how God describes himself when it comes to resources. This comes from Psalm chapter 50. It says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. God has unlimited resources, and as children of God, we have access to those resources. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Guys, as children of a king, our resources are unlimited, and we need to live like that. That's the mindset, knowing that God has good gifts for us. So here's a couple of action steps. First of all, don't be afraid to ask God for things. You don't have to earn his love before you ask, right? You don't have to be sinless in this area for at least two weeks before I ask God, you know, for that promotion at work or, you know, for a car that actually runs every day. I mean, we don't have to earn his love. Don't be afraid to ask. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Our Heavenly Father loves us and wants to give us good gifts. So ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Luke Chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. I've, I've read over that verse dozens of times, and this week God just kind of brought that out and says, Don't be afraid, little Clint, <laughs> for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. It pleases God to give us the kingdom. And then your final point for action step is to approach God with confidence. Know that you belong. Just know that you belong. We don't have to be timid because sons and daughters have special privileges, right? There are special privileges with God as a son 
or a daughter. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's the way that sons and daughters approach their parents, right? It's not fearful. It's not worried. It's not, I mean, I didn't even knock on the door when I went to my dad's house yesterday. I just walked in. That's the approach that we have in going to God. Now, I want to end today's message with a story. You might have heard this before. It's about Abraham Lincoln. It says this, During the Civil War, there was a soldier who lost both his brother and his dad to death on the same day. He wanted to see the president and plead his case so that he might go home and help his family. He was given a pass to do so. He went to the White House but was told by the guard on duty, you can't see the president, young man. Don't you know there's a war going on? The president is a very busy man. Now go away, son. Get back out there on the battle lines where you belong. So the young soldier left very disheartened and was sitting on a little park bench not far from the White House when a little boy came up to him. The lad said, soldier, you look unhappy. What's wrong? The soldier looked at the little boy and began to spill his heart to him. He told of his father and his brother being killed in the war and of the desperate situation at home. He explained that his mother and sister had no one to help them with the farm. The little boy listened and said, I can help you, soldier. He took the soldier by the hand and led him back to the front gate of the White House. Apparently, the guard didn't notice them because they weren't stopped. They walked straight to the front door of the White House and walked right in. After they got inside, they walked right past generals and high-ranking officials, and no one said a word. The soldier couldn't understand this. Why didn't anyone try to stop him? Stop them? They reached the Oval Office where the president was working, and the little boy didn't even knock on the door. He just walked right in and led the soldier in with him. There behind the desk was Abraham Lincoln and his secretary of state looking over battle plans that were laid on his desk. The president looked at the boy and then at the soldier and said, Good afternoon, Todd. Can you introduce me to your friend? Todd Lincoln, the son of the president, said, Daddy, the soldier needs to talk to you. The soldier pled his case before Mr. Lincoln, and right then and there, he received the exemption that he desired. Guys, this little boy had access to the president because he was his son. We have that kind of access to God. He's our dad. The door is open. We can walk right in. Walk right in. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.